The Macca's Run. The Macca's Run. With Cam Luke. Live on your home of sport, SEN. Melbourne Town, where I am based, wherever you might be. Hope you're well. Big weekend of footy. Teams have dropped. One major surprise. It's all about Sam Doherty. He was out for two to four weeks, only two days ago. He's in. Big. Sard also in. Budwa's back. We'll get to all that and plenty more on what is a big. Thursday night right around the nation, of course, as always. You can give us a call. The Harcourt's open line is open for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt's. Very simply, one 736 736 I've got prizes to give away. The text line open, as always. All thanks to Temper Text, 043398-1116. Big 90 minutes. John Stephenson to join me after nine, all things athletics. But I want to kickstart it right now. And this got me thinking yesterday. You know what I'm going to do? My man Benny out the back has raided the prize cupboard. So we're going to give some prizes away as well. Two-bottle autumn wine bundle, thanks to Harry Dog. Get autumn wines delivered straight to your door. And as we start to get a little chillier, nothing like a wine while you're sitting at home watching your team get the job done. And if you want to go to the MCG, country game, the Bombers and the Cats have got four tickets to give away as well. So it is very simple on 1300 736 736. 1300 736 736. Who needs more credit? Who deserves more credit? And it's quite a simple question. I was listening to Breakfast yesterday and Tim Watson spoke about Jack Sinclair. And he was an All-Australian last year, so he is getting credit. But he has probably been somewhat under-talked about in the season 2023. So one 736 736 Who deserves more credit from your football club right now. Prizes to give away, two-bottle autumn wine bundle. No better way to keep warm as we get into the winter months when you're sitting on the couch and watching your team go about it. You can get autumn wines delivered straight to your door. And four tickets to the game on Sunday, which promises to be a beauty. The Bombers were outstanding. Outstanding. On Tuesday for three quarters, and then the Pies did what the Pies do, and the Cats are finding form. And we'll hear a little bit from Chris Scott over the course of the night. But one 736 736 to get involved. Prizes to give away, whatever you want to talk about. I have got, I have got a huge talk topic in about six or seven minutes' time that I have a feeling is going to open some emotional, passionate wounds of sports fans right around the nation but we'll do it together. And I'll explain what I'm talking about shortly. Rob's going to kickstart us. Whatever he wants to talk about, Rob, you got the first pill. Take it away, mate. What do you like? Oh, hang on a second. For some reason, little technical issue. Hit that. Got it. Rob, take it away, mate. How you going? Good, mate. What do you got, what do you got for me? I think there's a bit of an expectation on certain young players, I think, as supporters and media, we just need to back off a bit. I mean, the example is uh, Zavani from Carlton. They've been the son of a, a 
played football in the past, and often hear about, you know, Savoni's like this, he's not that. I mean, it's just been the way often. James Roy, you know, he's a young fellow, he's, and because of the injuries Richmond have got, you know, they're using him, and because they can't perform to what we expect them to, you know, sort of uh, bag him out of him. I mean, I mean, you've got to stop, because it can really damage these young kids. There's one article I read about Shane Tuck a while ago after his passing, you know, one thing that he struggled with in Norton is um, being compared to his, his father. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that people reminded him about it, it was just something that... Oh, have I lost you, Rob? I think I might have. Now, I do, I, I understand exactly the point of view that Rob is is suggesting. I'm not sure Jack Silvani, I understand the pressure. He's now played a couple of games. I know he played his 100th a couple of weeks ago. So we'll say 104 105 games. And there is expectation on young players. And it feels like there's more expectation because we learn more about these young players even earlier. We knew very well that Nick Dacos coming in was fairly decent. We knew that Will Ascroft, and these are players who are father-sons. We unfairly at different times, to Rob's point, in sport right across the world, place an expectation on some of these young players rather than just easing into it. But I think when they come with a relatively decent profile, it is sometimes easy to get caught up and forget they're 18, 19, 20 years of age. Jack Silvani had to go through it. Gary Ablett Jr. had to go through it. Took him in a better part of 100 games to turn into, you know, maybe the best player that I've I've seen in my generation. And Nathan Ablett, probably because he is an Ablett, got more opportunities and turns out to be a premiership player, which he well and truly earned, and then ended up again on a list at the Gold Coast Sun. So you're right, Rob. Absolutely understand where you're coming from. I still think that the expectations of players can sometimes be misguided by us passionate footy and and sports fans, but I also think that it sometimes helped them just a little bit to be able to play footy at the highest level that it might not necessarily have been given. But I like your call. Uh, Pity you dropped out, but we'll get you back, no doubt, join the conversation again. Uh, Underrated players, give a shout-out to someone. And I, I like where I think Bo's going to go. Bo, take it away, mate. Who who needs more credit? Cam, my brother, how are you? Good man, fire away. Uh, Dan Butler for sure. Mm-hmm. He um, his pressure acts and actually been able to snag a few um, is a credit to the work he's put in. I reckon. Absolutely, and a little bit of pressure that that comes with a player such as Dan Butler when you've you've come from a very successful club and you've got a very impressive resume already in your back pocket. You go to a club looking for some opportunities like St Kilda and so far this year he's he's been really good. What's he probably kicked eight or nine goals? He adds that pressure uh, and he's a big part of why St Kilda are playing good footy. If you, if you look at some of these players or you look at the list going into the season, you are in a situation where, you know, you know ifs, buts and maybes, but even everyone sort of blossoms at a similar time, it turns into what we're seeing right now with the Saints. So, it's a it's a real it's a really good point you make there, mate. Yeah, and I also think that his pressure acts actually cause more goals than um, a few of our small forwards as well. In particular, if you spilling the ball over and turnovers inside your your forward fifty or in the in the attacking half of the ground gives you so much advantage in AFL today because yeah you, know, you scoop up a loose ball the defender or say Dan Butler causes a turnover via. His pressure, next thing you know, and you're going inside 50, it's either a shot at goal or it's about to be a shot at goal. So it's a big thing that clubs work on, and Dan Butler's been a big part of that now at two clubs, and in particular this year where the Saints' defensive pressure and intensity is a, is a full-quarter problem for, 
for opposition. Love it, Bo. Love it. Thanks for calling, my man. No worries, brother. Michael and Hopeton Park, one 736 736 The Harcourt's open line is open. Michael, take it away, man. Hey, mate. Just wanted to chat about the game styles this year, um, mm-hmm. being a Geelong supporter. Um, seeing very different game styles with the likes of, like, and the Collingwood Geelong. Um, sorry, Collingwood and Essendon, for example, last night. I'm just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think game styles are interesting because I think so much of game styles is based on the confidence and the momentum of what your team's got at any certain point. Like, there was a great deal of talk about Geelong's game style last year and it, and, and it being a, a little quicker. And, of course, that was kind of the, the feeling the year before when a lot of people thought they might be too old. They're not taking the game on. Now, it turned into taking the game on and they ended up being by far the most dominant team in the second half of the year. If you look at St Kilda and you have a look at Collingwood, Collingwood last year take the game on, and I think the fourth quarter was a perfect example of that. They know they're going to take the risks, and they're backed by Craig McRae, and the confidence and momentum is there. And St Kilda likewise. And I think it was a direct contrast on Sunday in the second half when things aren't gelling perfectly. And I know the Blues have come out and sort of said, you know, we, we believe in our game style and the way that it will go, but... When Carlton are, are taking the game on, and that might be a little different this year with or this week with Doherty and Saad to come back in, they look a hell of a lot better. Fremantle's a perfect example of it. Got no confidence, no fluency between their midfield or their their you know half forward, a half back flanks and going inside fifty because they may not have the confidence to have those players inside. So I think there's a distinct change in the way that AFL is being played. It's more aggressive and open. Uh, I think the AFL might say that's the stand rule doing their thing. But I also think if you look at the teams that play that type of style, they have confidence in what they are doing and momentum is very hard to stop. And I think you have a look at two teams right now in Collingwood and St Kilda who are doing it compared to maybe Carlton and Fremantle who aren't doing it as often. And it's quite obvious. Thank you, Michael, for the call on one three hundred seven three six. 736. You can get involved. The Harcourt's open line is open. I, I am in the next five minutes going to introduce another topic and I think we're going to have sort of a cleansing Thursday night. I'll explain shortly what it's all about. It'll open some wounds, but if we do it together, we all might be able to move on from certain sporting experiences we have had. Uh, Dane is in Blackburn on 1300 736 736. You want to talk an underrated player who deserves a little more praise, mate? Who you got? Oh, I might have lost him. Have we got? Have we got you, Dane? Oh, we might not. We might have a slight little phone box issue, do we? What we might do is we'll take a quick break. Benny out the basket and try and work out. Rob, wait right there, please. Brad, Steve, Scott, Michael, all wait there. I'll get to your text as well for the people who are probably working hard on a Thursday night. I am in, going to introduce. Another talkback topic that might be somewhat like a little counselling session, but we might have a slight little phone box issue. Hopefully that's not the case because I want to give away the two bottles of autumn wine bundled all thanks to Harry Dog and the four tickets of the game on Sunday. So we'll see if we can work it out in the ad break. Wait right there. Plenty more on the Macca's run coming your way next. It's the Macca's Run with Cam Luke right around Australia. SEN Network via your local SEN radio station or the SEN app. one 736 736 We do have a slight little phone issue, but I guarantee if you call, we've worked a way 
to get you on. Underrated players through the first six weeks of the AFL season. one 736 736 The Harcourt's open line is open. Steve is in Greensboro. Hello, Steve. Thanks for having us tonight. Um, two players, both, both from Shillong, and the reason why I think they're underrated is um, for the work that they did in particular, the first three rounds when, when the Cats were struggling, um, both ends of the, the ground. One's um, Mark O'Connor and the other's Grian Myers, with Grian Myers in particular, I think might be leading or really at the top end of the, the goal assists. Had a nice start to the year, hasn't he, Grian? And, and you mentioned O'Connor. He was an incredible last week on, on Warner. And O'Connor's ability to be able to play that that stoppage role, but also go the other way as well. And this is what happens. And this is part of the reason that I like talking about this, Steve, because there's a guy on that football team who's by far the most valuable player in the competition in Jeremy Cameron. But there are players who have been able to keep things afloat when the rest of the team has probably been a little bit down on last year. So no doubt those two guys are, uh, are two of those players you uh, you mentioned who have had a pretty nice start to the year, in sometimes in the shadow of Jeremy Cameron, who's been... Incredible. Steve, will you win on Sunday? Oh, look, I think it's going to be tough. I know um, they had a really good win against Sydney, but I, I do actually, you know, rate what Essendon's done over the last few weeks. And, yeah, I think I want to see it a little bit more against, um, you know, stronger opposition before before I say that. So sitting on the fence a bit, but hopefully the, the Cats get up. Just a few more players to contribute will, will be better. It'll be interesting. Uh, I, I think the big thing for me around Essendon, and this happens against teams against Collingwood, you've got to mentally stay for four quarters or you get hurt. The mental, pick yourself up off the back of what happened on Tuesday and have a crack against a really good team in Geelong, I think goes a long way to telling a lot of people exactly how good Essendon are. They've been great so far. That win over Melbourne was outstanding. They've played seven great quarters against probably the two best teams in the league in Collingwood and Melbourne. And if they believe that they can play good footy come Sunday, then uh, it'll go a long way to believing in themselves more so than anything. Uh, Steve, love the call, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Just on the Bombers, Merritt, of course, after that suspension back in. Hind is in as well. McDonald, Tip and Woody's been added to a little list. Laverde's got the shoulder, and I think that was pretty obvious from the hit that he took on Tuesday, and Dyson Heppel's been managed. No real surprise considering the quick turnaround. Segler, Parfit, Tano, uh, Bruin is back in and abuse. Guthrie is out. That's for the Cats. one 736 736. Scott is in West Footscray on underrated players. Scott, what do you got? Uh, Bo McCreary. Mm. He's I... just a uh, he's a barometer for the pressure. Whenever the Pies put on the pressure, he's, he's normally number one. Um, a lot of Collingwood supporters will tell you that last quarter, a lot of it was driven by him in the forward line. Like um, He's just a beast with his pressure. Even the, the little one percentage, he just... Every... Every little bit of energy he has, he puts into putting up pressure and it might just be knocking a, an opponent off the line by like five degrees so they miss their kick and it all ends up coming back towards him. And He's just so strong. He's just a big unit and um, very underrated. Great skills, quick, great kick for goal. Doesn't get the uh, accolades, I, I believe, but he's, he's a great player. It, it, this is sort of what uh, I'm going for as well because there are very good footballers on that Collingwood team, clearly. Uh, he, he's incredibly, incredibly 
well rated within the football club. And I, David King, I'm not certain if David King said this on air or not, but we spoke earlier in the year about, about this young man. He, he suggested he's almost the first person picked uh, at the Collingwood Football Club at the moment. Oh, and he's, he's up there. He absolutely yeah. is. Absolutely really is. important. And yeah. you mentioned a little one percenters, just keeping the ball in when you know, other players might let it trickle out and you have a stoppage, just keeping it in and being able to keep pressure oh, in the if, fourth if, quarter was huge. If you're running around, if you're a defensive line running the, uh, run the round against Collingwood, you, you're looking out for where he is. <laughs> Absolutely he, you are. When he, when he tackles, he hurts you. Yep, and that's, that's the thing that Collingwood do. Four quarters of high-intensity belief, and he's a big part of that. Uh, Scott, thank you, mate. No worries, thank you. one 736 736 Underrated players is what we're looking at as well. I am going to, after 8 o'clock, just open some emotional wounds around sport. I'm going to explain what I mean shortly. John's on the road first, though. John, underrated player. Hit me up, mate. What do you got? Thank you. Look, an underrated player, not only this season, but for a few seasons, um, Isaac Quainall. The man hardly gets mentioned once the game's been played. Beautiful kick of the footy. Very strong one-on-one, uh, uh, good mark of the ball. I, I just, I just, I just look. I, I'm kind of glad he's underrated because you know once the media talks him up, then every other club wants him. But yeah, here's one bloke I reckon that's been so important to us. Never wastes a kick and wins his one-on-ones. Just love the bloke, but never hear anything about him. Tell you what, is that there's a lot of Collingwood love, understandably so. I was actually going to open with a, a little bit of Collingwood love. Thank you, Isaac Quainer. Another one of those players, and I mentioned it earlier, these players who continually improve and flourish in a particular system, and it's like the perfect storm. And the next thing you know, we're seeing a situation where the team becomes one of the best, if not the best. So, speak of the pies. I was going to open it with Josh Dacos because his brother, understandably so, gets a great deal of attention. So he should. I think Jordan Degoe would almost be leading the brown low. I, I know everyone's talking about Nick Dacos, but Jordan Degoe is another one who takes a lot of that attention. But Josh Dacos has started the year. His year last year was brilliant, and his start of the year this year is absolutely 100% all-Australian form in the first six weeks. Uh, Laura is in Mill Park on 1300 736 736. You can get involved on the Harcourt's open line. Laura, take it away. Hi. Um, uh, is it Caldwell? Jai Caldwell, Caldwell, yes. Yeah, Jai Caldwell, sorry. On the incident with um, Nick Dacos. Yep. If that was Toby Green who had done that, do you reckon the penalty would have been harsher given his history? Yeah, well, there's always a lot of the chat about the uh, the Toby tax. Uh, look, uh, this, this is the thing that confuses me just a little bit around... Uh, around the MRO and the tribunal, and there is some frustration. Okay, so I think the intentional contact. I think it was it was cool, which is hard to disagree because he gave him a little uh, a little knock in the ribs or in the stomach. It was low impact and, and body contact. Although I'm not sure how low impact it was. Nick Takos was down for a little bit. He got a fine. I think three thousand dollars. Non non football acts I find interesting because that is clearly a non football act that no one wants to see in the game. We focus more on stuff that's happening and understanding we're looking after the head, which is 100% paramount. I'm not disputing that as well. $3,000 fine, little rib tickler in the guts. Says low impact, but his Dacos was down for a little bit. Um, Off the text, does SEN talk about anyone else apart from Collingwood? Unreal. You know what? Give give us a call. I'm happy to talk. Uh, This is what talkback is. People call up, and whatever they want to talk about, I discuss. 1-300-736-736. 1-300-736-736. Give a buzz. More of your calls next.